if you could eliminate one Halloween candy, it would never exist again, which of the following would you eliminate? A, candy corn. B, Smarties. C, Tootsie Rolls. Or D, black licorice. Wow. First of all, I don't know what Smarties are. Oh, yes, you do. They're the, they come in a little roll, and they're the little candy. They're like little circular candies that they're like kind of pastel colors, like very light colors. You Oh, Smarties are older than you are, I bet. You know what? <laughs> the people out there listening could not see how the, you just described it with your hands. Uh, you always talk. I'm, I, I use you, my you hands. You were doing a great uh job describing smarties which i still don't remember okay i'm pulling However, i'm pulling up a picture and i'm gonna oh, that's blo- not gonna help out there this is audio remember my friend no i'm showing you i'm gonna blow it up here on my screen okay and i'm gonna turn my okay. laptop 23 around 23 podcast is blowing up as of today this is smarties they come in those little oh packages yeah, they're horrible they're <laughs> <laughs> so which one would you is that would, the one you want to get rid well, of? well i have to get rid of a lot of them i can't I can't eat Tootsie Rolls anymore. I love them, but I can't. I've got a bunch of crowns in my mouth, and anything like that would just pull the crown off. You know, speaking of which, I count on you every year to buy the peanut butter chews, and I just realized... I can't anymore, so I stopped doing it. There. By the way, oh, I was, I was wrong. Let it be known on the record books... Smarties came out in 1949. So th- See, I am older than Smarties. They are younger than you. Okay, everybody. The person who just admitted that he's always wrong is Michael. Did I say always? I <laughs> <laughs> and this is Father Herb, and we are here once again. I was thinking of numbers today. One? No, not that. Two? That's always one of my 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 best lines, a reading from the book of numbers, and then I want the lector to say, say one. one. Okay. Two. Uh, no, that's three. not the numbers I'm talking about. What oh. number session is this today? Number 173, which in, I would say in two weeks is a, a milestone. Uh, 175. That ties in with the other numbers. What chapter of Matthew's Gospel do we have this week? We are on chapter stalling 25. 25. What chapter do we have next week? Next week, we have... I can't jump that fast. I have it on my computer. Hold on. Give me a second. The 15th of November is chapter 25. And what chapter for the 22nd of November? We're going to waste all 23 minutes today on me scanning. Only because you don't have it at your fingertips. Uh, On the 22nd is also Matthew... I knew this. 25. Okay, so... We're, we're going to read chapter 25 straight through over three weeks. Spend some time on chapter 25 in your prayer. That's right. So there's prayer. three parables in a row, and that's the end of the year. So This is it, the grand finale. So this Sunday is, back to numbers, the 32nd Sunday of or, Ordinary Time. Next week is the 33rd Sunday of Ordinary Time. Yep. And the following week is? Christ the King. Yes. <laughs> I was I was trying to throw you a curve. I wanted you to say the 34th Sunday. Oh, uh, I've I've been doing this for a while. I okay. know my calendar and my my calendar knows me. And then we are done with Matthew. If you've been following, we will have read all of Matthew's gospel because the the gospel 
goes on beyond chapter 25, 26 and 27, we already read during yeah. Holy Week on Palm Sunday, sure. the Passion account. Sure. And we read the resurrection stories during Easter. So, <laughs> so Doesn't that feel like a lifetime ago, Holy Week and Easter? Remember when we were the only ones in the church? Yes. That feels like a lifetime ago. Hey, yes. uh, before we get on to this Sunday's Gospel, though, I know you want to mention an upcoming event you're doing about Pope Francis's... Yes, Pope Francis wrote an encyclical... <clears throat> Really, it, it has a, a kind of a strange name. Um, I call it Tutti Frutti, but it's uh, <laughs> it's Tutti Fratelli. Or Fratelli Tutti. Fr- Fratelli Tutti, uh, which is Italian, and I do not speak Italian. Uh, and basically it means all brothers and sisters. Uh, sure. Uh, tutti is all. Mm-hmm. So even Tutti Frutti really means all the fruits. All the fruit. Okay. But, Apples, uh, oranges. Yes. But uh, so it, it's basically a beautiful, powerful, wonderful encyclical about how humankind needs to work together, that we are on the same planet. In some ways, it's a continuation of his uh, five years, five years in the making, five year ago uh, encyclical about the environment, our common home. Mm-hmm. This is an extension of that. And this is but definitely more about how nations and individual peoples and populations need to find ways to work together and respect each other that you can't just try to pull ahead of others because if if the ship sinks, we all sink together. We purchased uh, hard copies of this encyclical for our pastoral team, and we've been kind of reading through it during our Tuesday Holy Hours, just little bits and pieces here and there. Uh, And I made a great discovery last week that on the front cover that the USCCB uh, published... There's a picture of the Pope with... A, a piece of art by Tim Schmalz, who did all of the artwork here in our church. In fact, this was the exact piece that kind of delayed some of the artwork in the church because Tim was working on it for the Vatican. And it's... Um, I forget the name of the piece, but it's a piece on refugees. And it's hundreds of people uh, basically on a raft... And in the midst of them, uh, all different refugees, and in the midst of them is the Holy Family, Mary and Jesus. And And it is now located in St. Peter's Square. I believe so. So it was, I was shocked to look down at the cover and see not only the Pope, that was kind of the obvious move, uh, but to see him standing in front of this piece of art done by the artist that we know here in our own church. Some people may know that Tim Schmalz did all of our art sculpture. But when we dedicated the building two years ago, five of the individual 14 stations of the cross had not yet arrived. Yeah. And they were delayed because Tim was under pressure. And he told me he was under pressure to get this finished for the Vatican. Actually, and if you look at the cover of the encyclical, Pope Francis is holding a tiny little sign that says, sorry, Father Herb. Well, that was the (laughs) point I was trying to say. Like, on one hand, Okay, do I finish this work for the Pope, or do I finish the work for Father Weber? I think you made the right choice. Uh, but So we didn't tell the people when your event is, though, and we probably should do okay, that. Okay, I'm going to have the presentation at, for one hour, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock on Monday, the 16th of November. So that's almost two weeks from now. And it's going to be in church, so we can, we can have the—we uh, found the church works well for people to keep their mask on and to have— a good sense of distance from one another, but they will be able to uh, see and hear. I may or may not use some 
some things on the screen. I have to decide yet uh, uh, the best way to present it. But I, I basically want to talk through uh, how the Pope has gone about uh, his, pres uh, his encyclical. And I can start off, just give you a little hint. He used a, a formula that was developed in, in the documents for the Second Vatican Council, where he starts off with, and even if he doesn't use this phrase, he starts off with, quote, unquote, the signs of the times. Mm. You know, this is what we see. And then, so he, he starts to look at th the problems, and then he tries to say, and how do we work for a remedy for that? And ahead of this event, if you would like to read a portion or all of the document, you can find a free copy online simply by Googling it. Uh, or you could also purchase your own copy at USCCB, uh, and they'll deliver it directly to your house. Okay. Are we ready for Matthew? And how many Gospels readings in a row do we have from chapter 25? Three. And so today we are chapter 25, verses 1 to 13. And this is about the, the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish. Foolish. I wanted you to say the word foolish. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Are you ready? Please, uh, please, would you read it, Michael? Sure. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you neither know the day nor the hour. It just happens that yesterday I was talking to a bride on the phone. She's getting married here the Saturday after this reading. And I'm not having the the wedding, a different priest is coming in. But I asked her, I said, how many bridesmaids do you have? And she said, 10. And she said, do you want to know the wise ones or the foolish I, no, ones? No, I did not pursue so. <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, so it's not unusual to have 10 bridesmaids or 10 groomsmen. I think the biggest we had in last year or two was 12 on each side. But sure. after a while, even in our big church, it seems like the... It, there's a lot of folks up front. Sure, sure. But uh, the idea of five being wise and five being foolish is established from the beginning. In this parable, it's not like, well, figure out who's wise and who's not. Yeah, the, he lays it out pretty clearly. The storyteller, Jesus, says five of them were foolish and five were wise. Now, I have found, because I just came from a Bible study, a lot of people are not so happy with the wise ones. Because they didn't share. They didn't share. Yeah. They, why didn't it's, they share oil? Or 
It, why does each person have to have their own candle? Every parent's worst mentioned. nightmare. Oh, why does every everybody have to have their own candle? Yeah. That's true. There would have been enough light. Well, that's not the point. That, <laughs> that's the point. Can we that's, say that's, overanalyzing? We're, we're, taking, we're taking 21st century parenting skills and imposing on a, a parable from the first century. And if you want to learn how to understand a parable, you don't get caught up in those little things. It's just, it's just like you know the 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 judge the unjust judge who gives in to the woman uh you know because i don't respect her but if i don't let oh, her have yeah, her yeah. way she's going to hit me yeah and then the unjust judge is alluded to as god yeah and people get very upset with that one too because we we try to make moralistic teachings out of a parable that's not about moralism sure a single point is simply you've got a role to play your bridesmaid a virgin and and you have to be ready now chapter 25 this is why i made a big point of saying these three chapters go together uh the last three sundays of our church calendar mm -hmm. every year every year we end the year with what's called eschatological readings say that again eschatological readings you've been and practicing that? readings about the end times sure the, the eschatology is a, a branch of theology that talks about end times it could be the end of the world it could be your own personal end mm -hmm. and because the church calendar ends uh right before advent consequently it always comes about that these readings are read during the month of november and in in the northern hemisphere especially in north northern ohio november can be dreary now, today is a sunny day, sure. but it can be dreary, it can be overcast, it can be dark, it can be cold, it can be uh, depressing because the leaves are already off the trees. Sure. It's all of those things. And so you come to church, and guess what? You hear about death and the end of the world. Celebrate, rejoice. Yeah, the, the good <laughs> news of the Lord. But, but it is good news. It is good news that the Lord is coming. And here's the setting. Here's the setting. They knew Jesus was coming back. We know Jesus is coming back. But when? And the early church struggled with this tremendously because at first they thought he was going to come back very soon. Sure. Even while they're all still living. And then eventually they become more aware, no, we're going to live our lives out and he's not coming, and just like right now, 21st century, we're still waiting for the second coming of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So we live in what's called the, the in-between time, the already, not yet. Uh, I think Oscar Kuhlman was the theologian who used that phrase, the already, not yet. Jesus has already come, but not yet. Mm. Uh, and so we live in between. And, but there has to be an attitude of readiness. So that is the parable for this week with the bridesmaids the following week picks up pretty much the same thing what are you going to do when the master is gone and then the third or the final one which is the feast of christ the king is the final judgment and how did you use your time did you feed the hungry did you uh, clothe the naked did you visit the ones in, who are sick or in, in prison hmm. did you welcome strangers so we don't have to do a podcast for the next two weeks well no we're going to have much more fun <laughs> you know this the whole notion of being ready what does it mean to to what what does that look in a uh, 
a spiritually mature person. Um, well, here's another word. Instead of saying spiritually mature, use the word that the scripture uses, the wise person. For a wise person like you versus a foolish person like me, what does that look like? By oh, the way, folks, I did not say that. <laughs> first I'm wrong. Now I'm foolish. Yeah. But these are all my own words. Um, but but seriously, you know, we, we can we can talk about, okay, so be ready. How? What do we do? I am certain that there is, you know, if I knew the the exact formula, I could write in a book, be a bestseller, make a boku to money, and then I wouldn't know what to do with the money anyway. <laughs> a wise person would know what to do with the money. Uh, I think a wise person, it's more than just being intelligent, and it's more than being educated, and it's more than even having knowledge. Wisdom is a gift, first of all. Wisdom has the ability to discern from both experience, the personal experience and the experience of others, what really matters. And I think it is a discernment of what really matters. Uh, the very first reading for this coming Sunday is all about wisdom. It's from the book of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And resplendent and unfading is wisdom. And she is readily perceived by those who love her and found by those who seek her. Notice the Greek word for wisdom is Sophia. Mm. So Sophia is a, a, a female name. So wisdom is a gift. Uh, so the, the wise ones know with the gift of wisdom that whether we live on earth five minutes, five years, 55 years, 105 years. A woman stopped me after Mass Sunday, and she said that her mother at 101 is doing well. Wow. But she's, she also said, now when the time comes, can we have the funeral here? And I was tempted to say, oh, in another 10 years, but I probably it's going to be before that. We don't know. There was a great story uh, on CBS Sunday morning this past Sunday. By the way, I wasn't watching it while I was here. I watched it after the fact. Uh, but that's it, what you do sitting at the piano. It was, <laughs> it was a woman who she was 105 and it was the story of somebody that took her so that she could go vote. I think she lives in New York city and somebody asked her, how do you live to be 105 years old? <laughs> and she replied a lot of bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, yeah. but, uh, I'm sorry. So I cut you off, but well, continue. But the thing about wisdom, you know, we don't know. There's so many things we don't know. We don't know how long we're on earth. We don't know the big plan that God has for any of us. Mm -hmm. We don't know circumstances. However, we do know that whatever we have is not ours. And I think maybe that's the, the wisdom that many of the saints had. They realized it's all on loan. Time is on loan. Um, our bodies are on loan. You know, if I if I lose s some skill that I have, yeah. uh, or maybe my sight or whatever, I know it doesn't belong to me in the first place. Mm -hmm. So the wise virgins who were waiting, yes, they took, they planned ahead. They, they knew that if they were going to be ready for the Lord, they better have the extra oil. So I guess I was trying to think of a contemporary issue uh, symbol would be 
you make sure your your cell phone is charged, <laughs> or or maybe maybe you have one of those external batteries that a lot of people the the chargers that they have that are all charged up and then they attach it to their phone. Sure, or a nice wireless charging station. Did you know? Uh, speaking of the piano, I have uh, a little wireless charger up at the piano. So if you ever need a quick charge, just drop your phone by on the way up the aisle and. We'll get it taken care of for you. I do not take my so. phone to church. <laughs> uh, you know, when I think of wisdom, and perhaps this is, you know, my involvement in preparation for confirmation so for so many years, but that, you know, we are given the gift of wis- wisdom during baptism. It's sealed and strengthened within us at confirmation. I use the word activated. Activated. That's good. Um, and so I think in, in some ways to be ready is... A lot of the things that we talk about this podcast on a regular basis, continual participation in the sacraments and the life of the church, continual participation in the community and building of the kingdom of God here on heaven or here on earth, um, and not just saying, well, I'll make time to pray when I'm older, or I'll make time to go to church when I have time to do it. There's an old adage that says, and I think it really comes from a book that I read years ago, um, the title ex- escapes me right at the moment. But there's a character in the book that says, I have learned that if I do everything else first, then there's no time left to pray. But if I pray first, there's always time left over to do everything else. Yeah. Um, there's so much truth to that because, again, what happens with prayer is it gives us that perspective of what matters. Mm-hmm. It, it's always, we have so many choices to make on any given day. We have to use our time well. And I don't want people to be antsy about this or scared to death, but to generally think, God has given me the gift of this day. Let me give it back to him with all that I can. And that's why we only keep this podcast at 23 minutes long, so you've got plenty of other time in your day to do something else. Hey, May God bless you the rest of this day. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you at Mass this weekend, either in person or online.